generally would hear a statement like this. Is this your biggest notion that most pastors and most Christians would say, and they attribute today's suffering, today's violence, today's uncertain times, today's problems, if you like, the world's problems, is always attributed to sin. And as a young Christian, I've always wanted to link sin to suffering, as in there's a long, long gap between sin and suffering. And I wanted to understand from a practical perspective the link between sin and all the sufferings in the world. And today we're going to attempt to do that by looking at Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be covering 3 verse 9 to verse 13. And we will go through that and when you see that, you will fully understand the link between sin and all the sufferings in the world. Because I've always thought, well, what is it sin's got to do is perhaps a domestic argument between a husband and a wife or a, a, a court case in a business court case when somebody's suing someone else for defamation. What has that got to do with sin? And I just want to link those. And I pray that today when we finish with it, this will have a clear understanding of the link between sin and today's suffering. Now we're going to start with Genesis chapter 3 verse 9. And this is the instance where sin has already committed and Adam and Eve has commit, had committed the sin. And here you are, God is trying to perhaps communicate with them and talk to Adam and to Eve what had happened. So we're just going to start from there. Verse 9 says this, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Unquote. Now notice, even though Adam has sinned, and I want you to remember this, this is uh, the event where Adam has sinned in an event where there wasn't any violence, there was no argument, there was no bloodshed, there was all friends, human beings and animals were friends. There was, they were all vegetarians. They were indeed love, 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 love and love. And it was all paradise until sin came to being. Now, so Adam and Eve would not have seen violence, would not have, would not have experienced any form of violence or argument or blaming or fear before this. Now, so I want you to have this in mind before we start to get into verse 9 to verse 13. Verse 9, which I've just read, God came to Adam, despite Adam had committed this sin of disobeying and distrusting God, God still chose to communicate with Adam. He called to Adam. Now, why did God do that? Well, God simply wanted to go to Adam, give him an opportunity to, to ask him what has gone wrong, and give him an opportunity to realize that he has done wrong and he and Eve has done wrong and perhaps personally and realize that he's done wrong give him an opportunity to repent to make good to pay for the penalty of sin to pay for the wrong things that he has done and then to lead Adam and Eve to salvation so God reached out to Adam and Eve in verse 9, to talk to them, to give them this opportunity to repent. Now this demonstrates God's love for humanity, despite what they have done, despite that Adam had 
refused to listen to God and disobeyed him, Adam and Eve, God still wanted to help to redeem Adam from his sin. Now, I want you to notice how Adam responded. This is in verse 10, and I quote, So he said, this Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden. So Adam heard God's voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself, unquote. Now, I want you to note these words. I heard you coming, so Adam was aware that God was coming. But what did Adam do? Adam was afraid. Afraid. Now, the first experience of fear has come in to a, used to be a perfect world. Fear. Adam experienced fear. He was afraid. And why was he afraid? Well, it continues to say because he said he was naked. Now, the word naked suggests lack of garment, if you like. But you see, you must realize that this garment is not about physical garments. You see, at that time, Adam and Eve would have made fig leaves for themselves clothes because they realized they were naked and they were ashamed right? fear and the shame has crept in before God came into being so they made garment of made of fig leaves so they were not physically naked but still Adam said I was naked what was that naked meant to be that naked was what Adam was simply saying to God because he knew God knows everything that he was naked knowing that he was exposed to something that he shouldn't have been exposed to. He was naked spiritually. He was still afraid, even though he had garment of fig leaves covering his body, he was naked spiritually because he felt guilty of what he had done. He was fearful of what he had done. So can you see those verbs coming, verbs coming in? Fear, afraid, ashamed, guilt, all those words are coming in. And then what did Adam do? He went to hide himself. Why did Adam hide himself? Well, to run away from the penalty of his actions. He knew, he knew if he had sinned, you will surely die. He knew that because God had given that commandment very, very clearly. So he was afraid, fear crept in, a shame crept in that he was totally now has done something wrong. Guilt has crept in and he decided to run away. So he decided to hide from it, reject from it. Just don't want to take responsibility. Can you see all those negative experience coming in? Now imagine in a world that they have never experienced, this sort of things they've never experienced before. It's the first time that they're experiencing this. Now then go to verse 11. What did God follow up by saying? I quote, And he said, God said to Adam, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten? Now this is when God is again given Adam an opportunity to repent, to own up to his problems. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Unquote. Very simple. 
God asked a very direct question, who told you you were naked? Now think about it at that time. How many beings that Adam and Eve would have met? They would have met God. They would have met all the other animals, which perhaps it's not, in, not, not of concern at the moment. The other being that they have spoken to or had communication with, with which they shouldn't have, was Satan. So God knew it. And despite that, God still asked Adam, who told you you were naked? Why, why suddenly did you think you were naked? I mean, you've, you're garbed with garment of fig leaves, and why do you still think you're naked? What God was implying was, why did you listen to Adam, uh, listen to Satan, Adam, and did not listen to me? Who told you you were naked? So God is saying, I didn't tell you that you were naked. You didn't know you were naked until now. So essentially, God was putting words in Adam's mouth in saying, do you realize what you've done? Do you realize that what Adam, uh, what the adversary Satan has said to you was not really what you should be listening to? So who told you that you were naked? And then God asked him a very plain question. Have you eaten from this tree, which I told you plainly not to eat? Now, you would expect somebody who was, would own up to it would say, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I, I really am. I didn't realize it. But did Adam do that? No. And I want you to note why Adam didn't do that. Look at verse 12. Then the man said, Adam said, the woman whom you gave to me, gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate it. Look at this. Blaming has started. Self-righteousness and selfishness is started. First experience that Adam had. What did Adam do? Instead of owning up to his faults, owning up to his disobedience, owning up to his, his uh, problems, he blamed someone else. He blamed God. Firstly, he blamed God. He said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. I mean, if you paraphrase that, you would have, Adam would have said, God, if you didn't give that woman to me, I would not have listened to her. And if I did not listen to her, I would have not sinned. So it's not my fault, God, it's your fault. Notice here, having a go at God in a perfect world. Now you see what sin is creeping into, what's, what it, it's doing to humanity through Adam. I mean, Adam is becoming to be like Satan, blaming God. When you blame somebody, you must be able to think, you must think that you're more righteous than the other person. I cannot be wrong. You must be wrong. That is a form of self-righteousness, which stems from extreme selfishness. So you notice what's happening here. Selfishness, self-righteousness is creeping into Adam, blaming God. And on top of that, he blamed the other person called Eve. The woman you gave me, she gave me of the tree and I ate it. So it's not my fault, you know, it's her fault. You see the issue coming here now? Then the last one, verse 13 says, And the God said to the woman, so now the God turns to the woman. Now you can imagine Adam and Eve were standing there talking to God. And she's asking Eve, What is this you have done? Again, as a, a person of authority and a person who have created them, a person who has asked them to obey, simply says, well, 
what has it you've done? I mean, we all know that God knew that Eve had disobeyed God. So again, God wanted to give Eve an opportunity to own up. What is it that you've done? Now, the answer would be very simple. Expected to say, I'm sorry. I am truly sorry. I didn't realize it's my first day on earth. You, you can say whatever it is, but you repent and you move on and you change. You pay your penalty and God will forgive you. God gave woman and God gave the man the opportunity. The man didn't take it up. Did the woman take it up? Guess what happens? Then the woman continued to say, and I quote, the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. You see what Eve has learned from Adam? Adam had learned to transfer guilt to someone else. Don't accept any responsibility of things you've done. I am right and you are wrong mentality. And Eve has done the same thing. The serpent has deceived me. You know, it's, it's really not my fault. It's that silly serpent that came to deceive me. Notice the blame game again. Notice the fears crept in. Notice the unwillingness to accept responsibility. And more importantly, the selfishness, the bitterness, and the self-righteousness that I am right, the serpent is wrong, God, you are wrong. It's got nothing to do with me. Selfishness is coming in. Then, of course, 14 goes on to say about God saying to the serpent. Now, I want you to notice here in what we just said just now was, before the world was perfect, there was no blame, there was no fear, there was no self-righteousness, there was no, I'm better than you, you are worse, there's no argument. So the first domestic argument started when sin crept in. So can you see, if you look at today's problems, today's problems, whatever problem you would want to put a tick to, domestic violence, up to anything else that you can see there's issues in the world, it stems from fear, stems from self-righteousness, stems from blaming others, stems from not taking on responsibility, stems from saying that I am better than you, you can't be, stems from bitterness, stems from envy. All these create, it's the basis of today's suffering. And the basis of today's suffering came from sin. And the book of Genesis explained that it came from sin. Verse 9 to verse 30 is indeed a verse that we need to read, to meditate, and truly understand uh, the impact of this on earth today. So to finalize this, I want to share this with you, that today's problems, it's not psychological, it's not sociological, it's not even economic, it is spiritual the lack of spirituality, the rejection of divine truth, the blaming and the fear in the whole lot is all stem from the lack of spirituality, stems from the initial decay of our spiritual condition that brought about by sin. So I pray this touches your heart and this adds to your understanding of what the Bible is trying to say to us and what Jesus is trying to teach us and what Jesus' redemptive plan is all about is a comeback to get rid of the root of all evil, which is sin. God bless.